Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler. I'm back! Did the levels there. Uh, back. What's up, everybody? Alex is back. From Hong Kong. So jet lagged. I was there for 18 days. It's too long. His sense of humor came back with him also. Yeah. I was just (laughs) not funny for the last, I don't know. Was I not, was my sense of humor gone? The podcast was, the podcast was reasonably funny without you. Okay. It was fine. Okay. I sent the audio to Alex to edit. I sent the audio to Alex to edit and uh, he edited out all the funniest parts. So that's why it wasn't as funny. Right. I took it all out because I was like, it can't be funny without me. I think it was more just. Let's, you just, like, you're let's like, just move on. <laughs> I think you were just depressed because you <laughs> lost so badly at GP. Yeah, it was a horrible. Clara. It was a horrible experience. That message is now that you shouldn't give up on the deck, though. So really, yeah, people, yeah, that's eh, okay. I mean, it, it, losing that many games is a really crushing experience. Maybe the guys who do damage when you cast spells are the bad part. The it's, bad part. It's, it's totally possible. I, I that deck's not gonna be. Life from the Loam is a powerful magic card. I guarantee I'll brew with it again. And Flame Jab is good with Life from the Loam. So probably there'll be some way. I do think that there's like something cool to creating prowess-centric or like trigger-centric things with Life from the Loam and mm-hmm. Retrace. I think that's powerful. The fact that for five mana you can get four spells in a turn and just start doing that means that like if you figure out the way to do it the right way, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a damage off of a like 2-1 is maybe not good enough, and that's sure. why. Okay. I don't know. So today, we are doing our set review. Mm. A set came out. Yes, it did. Did you get to play the pre-release? I did. I had a really good pre-release. I um, I went 2-1. I almost 3-0'd it. Uh, I played Black White Vampires straight up. No splash. Okay. And vampires are awesome. That's going to be one of my favorite things to talk about on this episode today as we review the set is yep. that I really think there's a vampire stack in modern. I do too. I think I, it's a real one. Uh, I have a black white one on my phone. It's fun. I keep, keep goldfishing it. Yeah, it's probably better than the Mardu version, but I do think that there's there's some there's some merit to playing three color. Yeah, I can see Mardu as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I got to play the midnight pre-release in Hong Kong before I got on my flight the next day. So Sweet. like, I was on an airplane for the pre-release. Yeah. in the states, but. Uh, I did get the play in one. I uh, had Grixis Pirates. My deck was sweet. Every single card I had had a ETB kill a thing or bounce a thing. It was all Mana Wars or Necrotals, which is like an insane thing to have more than one in a set. And ne- there's ne- like ne- five. Necrotal, for those wondering, is a very old magic card. It's a modern. Necrotal? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. When did they, re- when did they reprint Necrotal? Times Pro? No. It was probably 8th edition or 10th edition or something. Modern? I'm looking it up. Set modern, but as we talk, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. Normally, one set the best card in it is Man of War, yeah, and this set has like two to three of those, and then an additional couple uh Necrotals, and yeah, so there's just a lot of but uh, for those who don't know what Necrotal is, which is more, I think it's black, black, two, uh, destroy target non black creature. They printed a black, black, two, destroy target creature, right? It's better for a two, two, it's better. The it's- Chukacabra. It's significantly better. I mean, like, I'm assuming every magic thing. So, yeah, it's an 8th and ninth edition. Um, Just another 8th or ninth edition card. Yeah, it's sweet. I, I like Necrotal. Yeah. Uh, this one's better because it kills non-black creatures. Sweet. Uh, um, but so, so, today we're doing set review. Yeah, but there's a few things we got to do before we get to the set review. The first one are shout-outs. Not, oh, not a <laughs> is, beatbox battle? Uh, <laughs> Alex is back from Hong Kong. That was almost rhythmic, right? I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. So uh, the first one is that you guys can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find me personally, Ben Bate Media. I'm at Kess Wiley, and we as the podcast are at the MM Cast. You should go to the Facebook group where we talk to people. It's growing. It's like at 5,000 people now. It's, it's getting kind of unruly. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, like, there are some issues. There was a, a meme that uh, went out that I allowed for a 24-hour period that people, like, really hated. <laughs> I, com- I commented on it, but I commented in all seriousness on Anchor. I, like, mentioned what yeah, I thought. Yeah, I saw. And, like, people were like, it was a joke, bro. But it was like... <laughs> I don't know. You guys posted like 400 of them, so like it's probably worth pointing there out. There were like 12. It was a it happened all between like the hours of 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. or 9 p.m. and 9 a.m. So it was like when people are sleeping. So people woke up to a feed that was just filled with 30 of these posts and then I deleted half of them and locked all of them, so they're gone now. But just the post I said, the post I posted on the group being like, hey guys, glad we all had fun last night, but no more of these posts has like 150 likes. It's the most liked post I think I have yeah. ever made. And it's like... The, uh, the, the, uh, the part of that whole premise that I just thought was interesting is like there, there's a couple people who are actually deconstructing it like, well, this is why you're wrong. <laughs> and like the thing is, if you really think about it, what it comes down to is you don't win in modern by being reactive. You just don't. There's like a deck, maybe. There's one deck, and even that deck is not that reactive because it plays a spell every turn. Sure. And those spells like do damage. You can't just be like, well, there's five good answers to this extremely powerful card. Hence, it doesn't need to be banned. Yeah, I think I think the like, it started with Stoneforge Mystic, and like the real answer to Stoneforge Mystic is that just both Fatal Push and Colgan's Command being yep. main deckable, common cards in people's decks make it a conversation versus like oh crows and grip exists in the format so we can answer it that's like a different <laughs> situation but yeah. I, I, you know the reason the reason i let those posts kind of continue is because i did appreciate the conversation of yep. how do we deal with if we unban a card how do you deal with it and and what are and that maybe is a whole episode idea and we might do this is why blank is fine in the format the episode not today because we have a set review to do and if we yep. do it any later than this week it just becomes irrelevant so this is the week we have to do it so and we don't have time to go through an entire thing of the ban list and talk about how we would fight each card but uh it, it it there was an interesting conversation behind it plus it was you know i i generally am appreciative of of good wholesome meme culture versus necessarily negative meme culture so letting the podcast have its little run for the podcast group have a run for like 24 hours was fine people were not okay with it and it's done now so yep. we, we've moved on but uh you know it's growing a lot it, the group's grown so fast that you know just, the community is really big and and just uh you know please join and communicate and that's the best place to send us deck lists or post deck lists you want correction on what we want the group to be is really how do we make these things work less than uh why this thing wouldn't work so yeah. that's that's kind of the philosophy we've taken towards the group now sometimes people don't follow that and but if they don't let us know and we'll make sure we comment and help encourage you yeah the uh the next thing up on the list is patreon we're on it um i want to just take a quick second on this one because we haven't really like really pushed the patreon in a while we mentioned it every week but i just want to remind everyone who's listening to this we do this content every single week we we make basically no money there's a couple dollars on the patreon but that that couple dollars bought us like better sound gear better mics like things that we like just put directly like, back into the podcast the best way we gain off of it is i think you paid for gp entry yes to the team gp earlier this GP year and, yeah. yeah and and like we gave away some foils as a, as a collab with my anchor station and the podcast paid for that for the other half so right. like we literally just put it directly back into the show alex and i are not going out to you know fud ruckers and getting steak diane uh does fud ruckers have steak 
Isn't I don't know. Isn't that a sandwich place? I wanted to say Fuddruckers and Steak Diane in the same <laughs> sentence. Got so it. I okay, so that was... All right, continue. Uh, so, uh, bottom line, though, is that if you are the a fan of the show... Diane. and you It's on the menu at Cheesecake Factory. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if, if, uh, if you're a fan of the show and you, and you listen routinely and you like what we do and you want us to keep doing it, if you donate a buck, two bucks, five bucks a month, it is all that we ask to help us keep going and it really makes a difference uh we want to just keep doing the content our plan is to keep doing the content and that's the best way to help us do it so True. uh that's the patreon and uh it's slash the mm cast and uh or no slash masters of modern what is it just search masters of modern on patreon, patreon. and the last thing is that anchor.com anchor.fm which is daily modern content every single day talking about what's going on is the station that i do yeah, on we anchor have, we have double content we got this podcast which is the super podcast yeah. it's an hour-long experience where you get to just kind of sit down and hang out with me and ben but then also ben releases an episode every day that's five to ten minutes long depending if he does one or two and you get to hear kind of cool short little verbs and sometimes those become giant full episodes where we discuss the whole thing yep there's always my dumb deck ideas always start there yeah. always yeah so like if you really want to get a blow-by-blow blow evolution of ben bateman making a deck taking yeah. it to a gp and then having his dreams crushed <laughs> make sure to fall on anchor you clearly do that <laughs> uh i no i don't have to listen to anchor you just call me yeah, <laughs> at like wait my, my fiance is like ben happens to call always at the worst possible time Do I really? yeah it's always like oh we're just got in the car and so she used to like listen to us talk about magic for like 30 minutes you're notoriously horrible at, at discerning when or when not to have conversations with other people around you've played a game of magic with me before with with like i believe whitney on a skype call like video chat for like 15 minutes while we're playing magic and i'm just like looking at you like Shouldn't you be doing one or the other right now? No. Uh, no. I have ADD. I can't handle it. Yeah. All right. All right. So now, Rivals of Ixalan, spelled with two A's. Oh, you didn't want to talk about the bands, the, the news? Oh, we could talk about news. I think that's kind of important. I mean, we are going to review the set, and, and if you're here for the set review, you're probably excited about it, but uh, there was four cards banned out of standard this week. Yeah, it was a Affinity-esque band. It, it's one of the things, though, where it's more... I don't think... Energy is as bad as Affinity was because it, but I think the issue had more to do with they just like there was no way to get rid of it without banning multiple cards because it was made up of it a bunch of uncommons and commons that all just made energy efficiently. And if you got rid of any one of them, it wouldn't have done anything. Well, they didn't just ban energy cards, they banned red cards too. The red cards, and like we'll see. And but and and the the article definitely lays out that on Modo, yeah, I think I think that. Yes, on Moto, the 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 data kind of was pointing at the deck being very dominant, or the second most dominant thing in the thing keeping control decks out of the format, and then that definitely has something to do with it. It also felt a little bit like when they bur banned Birthing Pod the first time they did it, because Birthing Pod felt when it got banned, not that it didn't deserve it, it wasn't a problematic deck, but it happened alongside the Treasure Cruise Dig Through Time ban right. when they banned Delve, and it always felt like... It was banned partly because if they only banned the Delve cards, it would just kind of bring the format right back to where it was before uh, Cons of Tarkir block came out, and they were worried that it wouldn't mix the format enough for the Pro Tour, so they banned Birthing Pot alongside it because it was like, this deck was already too dominant, let's get rid of this, end this, so now the format is totally brand new, instead of us just being like, hey, we didn't want you to have this Treasure Cruise format, we just wanted you to go right back to where the format was beforehand, and so like... This feels similar to that, where it's like, if we ban energy, it's just going to be this other 
tier one deck is just going to be the best deck in the format and it's probably just a little too oppressive because it was already doing well in the energy format or it was doing fine enough and we have the data to prove that so we're going to ban both so that it's actually right both problematic cards are gone and one of the cards they banned was like a card they printed at a higher power level to fight a mistake they made that they had already banned which was the dinosaur because it was built to fight against Sahili Ray Ferocidon yeah because it had the ETB and so they're like well this card is now too good and the only reason it existed is because of cards that it never coincided with so let's just get rid of it and they also did a good job of making it so they didn't kill the red deck if they're going to kill the red deck they just kill Hazret. yeah like they're or, or chandra you know one of the two where it's just like let's murder this deck they were like no yeah. let's just make it worse yeah get Take rid of a land that no one can deal with and get rid of Right, the land is uh, so. I was I was unaware of how good that land was in standard. I like haven't paid much attention to standard, uh, and <laughs> obviously it wasn't that good because my teammate played eight matches and seven of them were against Team right. or Energy. So clearly the red deck wasn't that good. Um, it, it, it my general understanding was kind of like Valkut. Like if they were like banning cards the way they are now, I think they would have banned Valkut in standard when yeah, they banned Jason right. Stoneforge Mystic. Like the there's a lot of good literature on the fact that. Jason Stoneforge Mystic weren't the only problem in that standard. The problem was is that the cards that were supposed to be good against Jason Stoneforge Mystic could not beat Valakut ever. Like yeah. it just was an unwinnable matchup for them, and there was no way for them to beat it. And the, it, the format was like seventy percent Cobblade and thirty percent or like twenty percent Valakut. So like you are likely going to just get knocked out by one of the two. And so if your deck was like, oh, I'm going to beat Stoneforge Mystic and Jace, you would just get ran over by Valakut all day. And then Valakut just couldn't be Cobblade. The thing is that, that's crazy to me, and I guess, and I guess this is just the way oh, that so, we think yeah. about that we think about things is like. There's been a lot of bannings now over the course of the last year and a half in Standard. We've had, this is like nine cards now that have been banned out of several different uh, Standard formats. Mm -hmm. I remember when that stuff happened, Cobblade, when Stoneforge and Jace were banned, and thinking at the time, this is unprecedented. They don't, they really don't do this anymore. Like, they hadn't done this in a long time. And now, like, these bans feel so much less significant. They, they feel so much less, like, notable because there's been so many of them. I think it's a it's a two two sided issue. The first one and and, and well okay. So the first one is that we are this is we are now about to leave when this set rotates when this standard rotates. We next. go back to the regular cycle. Well, not yeah. We 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 are leaving sets that were developed in a period where they were expecting them to rotate faster. So right. the, during that period, they likely were willing to take slightly more risks because they're like, oh, worst case scenario, this is only legal for eighteen months instead of two full years. Right. Um. Which energy is a great example. It would be rotating in three months, and then that wouldn't be that much of an issue. Uh, different story. We changed, the, you know, they changed it back to what they're doing now. So we're kind of living in a new world. Um, the other thing is the single set releases will fix that problem as well because we won't have two sets of energy. We're only ever going to have one, so it might make it so like single block or single set mechanics won't be as dominant or as as uh, synergistic as they previously were. Um, the other thing is. The second is that they're they're going to they announced that they're just going to be more loose with the ban list <laughs> that they've realized that a because it's standard and because cards rotate the like card value that people have when cards get banned yes you're like losing maybe six months of the value you would have but a lot of the time it's like you know in a normal rotation if 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 standard was healthy and a new set came out. Your deck should change anyways. Like your your deck that you had before should be changing every three months to some way, and some and hopefully in a significant way because you want standard to be fresh consistently. Yep. And so from their perspective, they're like, you know what? If we just ban cards, 
when they're problematic, we won't get into situations where it's problematic. They just have had this weird run where every other set introduces a card that's problematic. Or really, just Kaladesh was just a huge issue. Yeah. Like, they had a new card type, so vehicles, and that created one card that was probably was too powerful with, with Copter. Yep. You had Energy, which was a affinity-like just... And it, it came with mana fixing, so it's just like, oh, we play all the cards, and they're all good together, and there's no way to beat this deck. Yep. And you had the artifact problem of just, you know, when whenever an artifact set comes out, they print a broken artifact. Aetherworks Marvel being the example here. And just, like, energy is kind of the big thing here, and that right. is now gone. I know. Well, do you think that they, Marvel would still be... Eh, they didn't. Marvel didn't work because it played... Uh, what's it called? The 3-2. I, I guess it did play a tune, though, so would it be more playable now because I think it's possible that Aetherworks Marvel was the card that was fine and these were problematic yeah. and it just was the more obvious looking problem so they got rid of it and then they were like oh no energy is just an issue the four cards that were banned by the way because we didn't actually say it were Attune with Aether Rogue Refiner Remnant Ruins and Rampaging Ferocidon yeah um yeah, I, I think, you know, my opinion of these of these bands is definitely, I, it's surprising that there were so many cards banned in such a short time. I, I have sort of lost faith in Standard. Like, I not, not A lot even, of players have. Not not even like I've lost faith in it, like I don't find it interesting. Because I've never, it's been years since I found Standard interesting. Not because it's a bad format, it just wasn't for me. But You my, like brewing wacky things, and Standard only allows you to do that for the three weeks between the yeah. set coming out and the first t- three tournaments. The, uh... Yeah, like, but now it feels more like modern is so great and so interesting, mm-hmm. and it just continues to be better and better, and people are getting so excited about it. I just can't really, like, I don't believe in standard anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it's got they need to win, they need to win back the brain trust of the magic community for me. I think to get back on board, I don't feel like I. We need a standard vi- environment like RTR Innistrad or uh, shards. Zendikar, or you know, there's like been these great standard environments in the past, uh, Khan's block and uh, Khan's Theros block, yeah, like that were great. And we just need to get kind of back to that where there's like three de- color decks are a focus, 20 decks are all possible, yeah, and everyone's having a good time. And yeah, so anyway, that's stop uh, printing artifact sets, <laughs> yeah, I, every I, single one has been problematic I ever. Love, I love artifact sets, it's like, like Scars of Mirrodin, Cause Cobblade, kind of. Mirrodin. Uh, Mirrodin caused affinity. Urza's block, which isn't technically an artifact set. It's an enchantment set, but it had a lot of really powerful artifacts, caused the combo winter. And now we're here. Yeah. Started from the bottom. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, But so, yeah, I I, I think that standard... I think we're going to get there. I think the new kind of set thing that they're doing with... We're in a big transition period. Yeah. And we're going to see how it ends up. But in the meantime, modern's the best format. What, what? High five. He didn't (laughs) high five me. He just at me. Um, High five. So let's talk about. We're not near each other. There's like a big table. There's a big table. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Set review? Yep. Cool. uh, All right. Number one. Generally, this goes in mana cost, so it is also one mana. Blazing Hope. One white. Exile darker creature with power greater than or equal to your life total. I don't think this. It's. It's cute because you think you're like life totals, death shadow. That's interesting. Yeah, you can like, play this in Esper. 
but like you would cast it's only relevant if, you're at, like if your life total life is below five life or something yeah that seems bad <laughs> yeah i don't think it'll be good uh, remember the way our new set reviews work we used to do top tens but now we just kind of list cards that cards. people have either mentioned to us that they want us to talk about or that we think are interesting so yeah some of these cards are going to be us being like i don't think this will work uh yeah i did uh, i think that this just doesn't end up working yeah agreed uh okay this is a ben card curious obsession one blue enchantment R enchant creature enchant creature gets plus one plus one and has whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player you may draw a card at the beginning of your end step if you didn't attack with a creature this turn sacrifice curious obsession this card's sweet um it it, it like I have been trying to figure out for like some time now how you make the uh, four Silhana Ledgewalker for invisible stalker deck work um and I've tr I've thought about it using equipment and I've thought all kinds of different ways. This card is built. It's tailor-made for that deck because, like, the premise of that deck is not that you're just playing a Boggles deck. Obviously, you're playing two-mana uh, Hexproof Unblockables. So the, the premise of that deck is that it's, like, tempo. It's, like, getting in an uninteractable threat and then having lots and lots and lots of cards to play. And so... Like, like giving... giving Invisible Stalker plus just lore or, or, or just um, curiosity yeah. is, like fine but it's like th two cards to eventually draw cards and like it can be killed through different means like liliana and so yep. it's kind of like a lot in there giving him plus one plus one so it's now a two two that's drawing you a card every turn is i think significantly better significantly now i'm not better, now i'm not sold on this card but i will give you yeah well especially because like it it's in theory you're going to be playing like a kind of a longer tempo-y game. So the likelihood, and you're also probably playing like Serum Visions. So the likelihood of drawing two of these in a game is pretty high, mm -hmm. which means it's not that unreasonable to think you would play two of these on an Invisible Stalker, and you'd be getting in for like three and draw two cards a turn sure. with like lots and lots of interaction and tons of counter spells. Um, it doesn't seem as crazy to get there as you might think, especially considering. You're probably hitting your land drops every turn, so why not play one or two swords? You play like a sword of fire and ice in this deck, suit one of these guys up, and then it gets real interesting real fast. Yeah, swords. Swords. I'm a little iffy on, especially like fire and ice, because if you have fire and ice, this can't get put on to it anymore. So if you draw this, you have to like unequip it and equip it. So it's like really mana intensive. But yeah. I think there's like definitely cool things to be doing. The other thing I like so much about this if is If you're playing I, tempo, I really like uh, the plus two, uh, plus one, plus zero for every spell in your graveyard. Oh, Pike. Pike? Yeah, Pike's really good. I, I honestly think, though, probably you wouldn't even bother with Pike because it's two and two to equip. I think you would. what you'd probably do, and this is just spitballing for a second, but it sounds to me like you'd be playing four Stalker and four of this plus one, plus one for one, mm -hmm. and four Serum Visions and probably some number of, like, Nah, maybe like spell pierces and things like that. Like, mm -hmm. And so what it means is probably you could get away with playing Disrupting Shoal in this deck pretty easily and going all in on like turn three with like a grafted war gear type of deal where you're like just playing a good piece of equipment that automatically equips mm -hmm. and then just swinging for like four or six. In fact, if you're doing that, you could play uh, you could play Stubborn Denial. You could just play Stubborn Denial because it's you're going to have four big power. Enough. And so I, I guess my point is in, in Highlander, I play this Merfolk deck, which like the whole premise is like you're making these creatures and you're playing all of the bad free spells. So mm -hmm. you're playing the good ones like Days and Forcible, but you're also playing Foil and Thwart and all of these like horrible free counter spells. But the point is it doesn't matter as long as you can play them while you're tapped out. I wonder if Disrupting Shoal in a deck like this would work if you're playing enough blue cards at yeah, one, two, be interesting. three CMC. All right, next card. Enter the Unknown. One green. Sorcery. Target creature control. Explores. This is bad. Why are we talking about this? You may play an additional land this turn for one mana. Yeah, you have to have a creature. Mm -hmm. 
So or a creature. Yeah, you have to have a creature. So like turn two, you do this and you get turn it like turn two, kind of explore, but then like they like lightning bolt your creature in response. It's just like, such a feel bad. Uh, the reason, probably, yeah. You bring it up because every time something says you can play an additional land this turn, you yeah. look at stuff like bounce lands, you look at stuff with amulet, Definitely. you look at what you could be doing there. And yeah, I agree that this is probably not strong enough. The fact you have to target a creature makes it problematic. I mean, there's probably some velocity with this. Like, I could see, mm -hmm. I could see somebody putting it. Also, it costs one. So, anytime you have like an interesting effect for one mana, there's like there's some interesting stack of spells. Someone's gonna come up to make it playable. But right. this is like barely on my radar. Yep. Uh, speaking of one drops, Reckless Rage, one red instant. Reckless Rage deals four damage to target creature you don't control, and two damage to target creature you control. Seems fine. It's an instant. One yeah, instant for four damage to a creature for one red. You have to target a. You have to have a creature that you can target though with it. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, all of the creatures that you would want to be playing that like want you to deal damage to them for one reason or another, they're almost all two toughness. Like they're all almost all of them like silver. Like Snapcaster Mage. Well, no, even. the ones that get like benefit off of it, like heroic okay. creatures. Oh, or, like, sure. Silver for partisan, or like oh. <laughs> e even like uh, even like pyro like young pyromancer, just like things where you want to be casting a spell. Like they're yeah. just mostly all die to I it. I mean, like I think in Grixis, if you're like, oh man, I need to get rid of four drops. Like this being able to just oh, I have to do two damage to my Death Shadow, who is a four four. I have to do two damage to my. Uh, Gurmag Angler, like that's that's where I think this has better potential, and even there, I think just like how many X, like we, the cards I just listed are the cards I would want this against, or like the card that I would be if I'm a red player looking for better removal against, and those cards are all five fives, so or better. So like Co the four damage doesn't seem like enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean I suppose if you were, are playing it in a deck like that, it just it just doesn't feel like it outclasses any current interactive piece right. like it's not going to replace lightning bolt or fatal push or path like it's you have to have a reason to deal damage to your own creature for this mm -hmm. to matter you have to want to deal two to a creature you know what this is sick in actually huh scred it's actually really sick in scred because you have to do because you have boris reckoners oh yeah 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 that's true that's this sweet. with boris reckoner is actually very cool yeah uh because uh, like you can till, kill a six drop or do two damage to the player yeah i'm actually uh this is like maybe the best Boros Reckoner card printed in a long time. Yeah. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. <laughs> cool. All on board now. Uh, Silent Gravestone. One. Artifact. Cards in your graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. Four. Tap, exile it, and draw car all cards from graveyards and draw a card. Uh, I think this is... People have mentioned this. I think I would just play... Like, it, it has grafted exoskeleton like you can't be the target of spells ability on the top end which is like semi-relevant it's like a combination of like a grafter's cage ground seal and relic yeah like relic is just better <laughs> and ground seal is better and yeah grafted exoskeleton like i would play one of those other three over this you keep almost saying grafted exoskeleton yeah i you, do you mean grafter's cage yeah so. grafter's cage yeah. i would play one of those three over this almost 90 percent of the time there'd yeah. have to be a very specific deck that this is specifically good against for me yeah. to want to get this on board it's fair it's fair uh all right so this is the first vampire we're going to talk about and it's like pretty much it's it's sky March marcher's aspirant one white for a vampire soldier it has a send uh and if you control 10 or more permanents you get the city's blessing for the rest of the game and sky monster aspirant has flying as long as you have the city's blessing it's a two one so it's a it's a savannah lions uh you know how excited i would be for this card if it came out 15 years ago well yeah i mean there's i mean there's a couple of different things going on with this card so this is the first 
this is the first of uh, the the mentions we're gonna do during this show about vampires because yep. there's gonna be several. Um, and so and I wouldn't even say this is the reason vampires is no, relevant. No, but no, no, no. But they really pushed vampires and they really pushed merfolk. Both right. of them got a lot sweeter in yep. this set. Um, I do think, and I have been saying this for some time. There's two decks that this this would be in for me. One of them is there's enough two two power one cr- uh, mana creatures that exist that you can like reasonably play a deck that's like 16 two ones for one now and they all are like interesting you can and probably play way more than that i think yeah. you can i think you can get to a like full 30. 40 yeah you could play there's 10 there's easily 10 two twos for one or two ones for one and there's enough modern. support spells there's enough support spells now that if you wanted to play that deck with like let's just pretend you were to take all the best ones play i don't know like you could pl- you could honestly take the best ones play like two range to like two ranger of eos and like three immortal servitude or like a card like that and just go wild which means that probably it's like one mana two one yeah uh, turn two four power turn three six power there are there are 11 two ones for one and all of them weirdly relevant some of them aren't as good but you could you could play a full and you're even forgetting probably like toolcraft, toolcraft exemplar is not on there probably because it's actually a one one but it gets plus two plus one but you need an artifact yeah but how hard would that really be to achieve um, anyway, my, my point is, though, so this is, like, another one of those, and so it's interesting in that deck, in, like, the Dryad Militant, uh, you know, all of the 2-1 decks, but also, it's very good in the Vampires deck, because now, we're gonna have Black-White Vampires, or Mardu Vampires, and it's gonna exist. It's, like, a real thing you can do in Mardu. Yeah, now. I have a sick, and I'll, I can post it, uh, I'll post it on the group, the Facebook group, uh, a, a sick Vampire Mardu list that I've been messing around with, because we also have four, we have two, two Mana Lords. You're like, Merfolk is great. One of yeah. the reasons it's great is because it has two, two mana lords. You have this, and then you have the one that you discard a card. But the discarding effect is, like, steamrolly because you can do it more than, like, you have yeah. the ability to do, like, go crazy with it. So you get really powerful starts. You also have, like, I think it's pretty underrated, the black, white, two, make three vampire lifelink tokens. Right. Like, that's, like, if you're pumping them, kind of, and in, and in a vampire way, so you get multiple pumps. Like, you can get four mana for nine nine power and toughness is like insane yeah oh, so yeah. like if you have two lords in play that card's bonkers and even if you only have one it's like f- very good six six for four is really good and they're lifelink and they're separate like they're, it does a lot of stuff there's the, the a tribe is very of, interesting there's a bunch of different angles you can take with this deck mm-hmm. also if you wanted to go mardu you have the two one for one that makes all your vampires have madness so then that plays really nicely with the yeah. discard well, i think you have to like, yeah you need i think mardu is the best one because that yeah. i think that one is better than this as far as two ones for one go yeah. and like that's really good yeah <laughs> really good uh you can like play liliana if you want and just like mm-hmm. discard your because well, you play that plus the lord plus you play you also get the madness vampire the three one that lets you draw cards if your hand is yeah, empty exactly. and like you will empty your hand because you're an aggressive deck like there's a lot of really sweet things that this tribe now does that like i think can get there agreed um azor's gateway uh legendary artifact two mana uh, one, tap it, draw a card, then exile a card from your hand. If cards with five or more different converted mana costs are exiled with Azura's Gateway, you gain five life, untap Azura's Gateway, and transform it. Tap it, add X mana of any color to your mana pool, where X is your life total. <laughs> yeah. So, like, here's... Two mana loot, because that's what this is. It's, it's a looter. It doesn't put it in your graveyard, so it's worth worse with Jace-like effects, but it, it is two mana to loot is a fine effect. Especially on a haste, it's haste. So for three mana, you hastily get the loot. And well, kind of, but you, you're not looting in the sense that you create advantage in your graveyard like other decks do. Because correct, the card's you're, you're the card exiled. Is exiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not really looting. 
Sure, but I'm saying you 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 get to make your hand better by yep. doing it, and in a control deck that's still totally serviceable. The fact that you then flip this to make X mana equal to your life total is possibly insanity. Well, yeah, I mean, the, it's a lot of hoops to jump through to get like a big payoff. That's well, just like I mean, if you're just playing Azorius Control, like blue white Control, and you play one of these. Yep. And like you exile a one drop, you exile a five drop, like a control, like a, a finisher you don't need so, right now. So, so, so what do you do? What do you do when you <laughs> when you have all the mana? You play a huge Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me just let me just play, and then the next time you tap it, you play a Sphinx's Revelation for twice as much. Yeah. and deck yourself. <laughs> yeah, you, you play something else that can do X that is worth it. Yeah, there's, there's got to be something that kills a player with infinite mana, like ex yeah. extra mana in blue white. That card has to exist somewhere. All right, next card. Yeah, uh, Deep Root Elite Blue Green. Sorry, not blue-green. Just green colorless. Merfolk Warrior. Whenever another Merfolk enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a plus-plus one counter on a target Merfolk you control. 1-1. One, one. It's yeah. a 2-1 that is kind of a lord if green needs more lords, which I think... I think this is worse than the blue-green lord that we yeah, previewed way, on the way, podcast. Way, way worse. worse but it, when you're talking about this tribe now, it's like getting so, so, so So competitive. Yeah. That like... All of the two mana merfolk we're going to talk about, they're all irrelevant compared to basically the blue green one. There's one other one that's like kind of good, but mm -hmm. mostly they just can't compete. You ready for red snapcaster mage? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> dire Fleet Daredevil. One red, one colorless human pirate. First strike, 2 1. When Dire Fleet Daredevil enters the battlefield, XR target, insert sorcery roof card from an opponent's graveyard. It's an important one. You may cast that card this turn, You may and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast that spell. If that card would be put into a graveyard this turn, exile it instead. Does, um... Okay, so first of all, it, it's a 2-1 for 2 with first strike, mm -hmm. right? Um, it exiles any any card from their graveyard, mm -hmm. and then if you don't cast the card, the card's gone, right? Uh, I don't... You may cast that card this turn, so you have to cast it this turn. Okay, so but you can use any mana. So it, yeah, and, yeah. So I get it. So if you if you on uh, on turn one you like Thoughtseize or Inquisition, and on turn two you play this, you steal a card. Can't do anything with it unless it's a unless it's a Mishra's Bobble. Sure. <laughs> so you have to like basically play on turn three. You play this, and you get the like Lightning Bolt or whatever you took out of their hand on turn one. Or or turn four, you get Tarmogoyfs out of, for them. Or on turn. Yeah, I guess it's sweet that it's any card. It's not just an instant or sorcery card. Correct. So. I do really like the no, idea. No, it's target instant or sorcery card. Oh. <laughs> so well, that's worse. Yeah, I, I do it like the idea. It would be sweet if it was any card. Any card yeah. This would be the red two drop if it was any card. Yeah. Well, I do what I do like about Because people this, play cards. It, there's, you'll always have a target after a Thoughtseize. There's almost always going to be... Well, what I like about this is playing the idea of Thoughtseizing them on turn one, or perhaps like on... And taking their Thoughtseize, and then on turn three, getting to Thoughtseize them for free? Yeah. No, no, there's definitely sweet plays with this card. Th that this card is close. I think it's not close enough. I think there's enough matchups where this is just a 2-1 first strike for two. Yeah. Uh, like, the, the one thing to, to, to keep in mind is that it's also bad graveyard hate in the main. Like, this just ETBs exile a graveyard yeah. threat. So, like, you can just exile Lingering. I mean, ling exiling Lingering Souls is actually really good, but yep. uh, you could exile, like... Just anything else that's relevant in their graveyard. Yep. And on turn two, like exiling the lingering souls on turn two after like if they go turn three, you play this is like fine. 
Yeah, it's I I I love incidental graveyard hate in modern. It's right. it's useful. Right. So like it's kind of vaguely relevant. Plus the fact that also sometimes you get super play and cast things. Yeah. Um, and it's in red that doesn't have a lot of great. Like this in burn is not the worst thing because if they need graveyard hate because they red doesn't have the best access to graveyard hate. Dusk Legion Zealot. Is that the? It's a vampire. Yeah, it's the Lord, right? It's a black white. Oh no! This it's is a black. Way. No, sorry, it's black and a colorless. This is the when it enters the battlefield, draw a card, lose life. Yeah, it's, one, it's one. elvish visionary for vampires. Yeah, there will always be interest in these cards because they always are part of some stupid broken combo. Right. Uh, this one you lose a life, so it's not as like it doesn't seem quite as interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but it's in vampires. But it's in vampires, so there's a thing. Uh, it should be noted that Viscera Seer is also a vampire, right? Mm-hmm. Just just because and, and blood artist. Yeah, those are all sweet. Like uh, when I first built the martyr list, I literally had it split between like half a blood artist Viscerosia deck and half a madness deck. I leaned toward the madness side because it was a much more aggressive build and it played more into the Lord. But I think there's totally just a Viscerosia aristocrats vampire list out there. He was he would be better in that list. I mean, it, I, there's there's enough like. I, I think, think there's like that. three different vampire yeah. lists. Well, I think because also the more mono black you are, the more you get to play um, the four mana vampire. That's bonkers. Falcon Wrath. No. Which one? Vampire Nocturnus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I've been thinking a lot about is like the pool of magic cards that's out there gets wider and wider every year. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, there's just like enough things that like everything gets dangerous. I had I talked about this a lot when when uh, five color humans broke out because like what I noticed was like well. How far away are we from, like, every single tribe being able to do this? Like, we're not that far from, like, four other tribes having the exact same kind of success with the same template because now we've got all of these five-color lands, and you have Aether Vile, and there's, like, enough of these cards that there's are two tribal. There's two tribal. There's two tribal lands. You have both. So that's what I'm saying is, like, it's... Just, and so I, I hear this, and you're like, well, Blood Artist and Viscera Seer, and now you have, like, this, you know, uh, card advantage generating returnable card you can play over and over again... There's probably eventually some qu- like weird vampire combo deck that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, and what's happened before with Coco, like Slivers was doing this for a yeah. while. Yeah. Like, there's just it's going to keep happening. Yep. Um, which is great. Uh, another vampire. This one's slightly different though. One white, one colorless. Famished Paladin, Vampire Knight. Famished Paladin doesn't untap during your untap step. Whenever you gain life, untap Famished Paladin. It is a three-three. Yeah, this is a clear uh, build around me card. So it goes infinite. Uh, what is the card it goes I'll, infinite I'll with? I'll look it up right now. You talk. Uh, okay. So it goes infinite. Uh, there's a five drop creature, I believe, that gives all creatures tap gain a life. And so with it, you gain infinite life. Uh, I believe we were trying to find it and we couldn't, but I'm assuming there's also a aura out there that also kind of just gives creature tap gain a life. Yep. Um, so there's ways to go infinite with this guy. You get infinite life. He's a 3-3 three, three for two, which is fine. Like, that's another thing. Like, Elves plays the one drop version of this. It's a one mana 3-2-2 three, two, two, that whenever you play an elf token it uh, an elf creature it untaps or an, an, whenever an elf enters the battlefield untaps so this like has similar feels to it so it's like interesting how vampires are leaning between a merfolk and elf kind of playstyle. but where vampire where elves are very much about making mana vampires are very much about life totals and gaining life or depleting life it's called um, resplendent mentor that's the five mana yeah and it allows us to play mono white a mono white combo deck which true which is interesting. Um, but yeah, you Matt could Betts. already do that. Mono white combat. Yeah, because you can play Anafenza. Oh, there's no artifact sack outlet in modern. That's free. That's free. Um, no, because alter dementia is not a modern. 
Okay, you're right. Yep. Yeah, now I we get because you, can, you can play everything in the middle of combo, but the sack outlet in mono white. Yes. Yes. Because you can play Anafenza, you can play Kitchen Finks. I do wonder sometimes how um, good, like, like how dangerous it is for them to print free sack outlets in Magic because, like, there's not that many actually that you mm-hmm. find. Uh, I run into this a lot because I like to try to build greater Gargadon decks. And I love Gargadon. Has there ever been a deck, a free sack outlet that didn't see some play in Standard? Because I don't think there has been. I mean, the difference between free and one is like everything. Everything. Yeah. That, I, <laughs> I mean, mean, like that, the black white, you gain protection from a color was a tier one. Yeah. Like uh, Viscerous Seer was a tier one. Like yep. yeah. Yep. There's a while where Viscerous Seer was the best one drop in, in modern or one drop creature in modern. You used to say that. <laughs> I don't know if I ever believed it. Yeah. Uh, Legion Lieutenant. Here we go. Black white vampire knight. Other vampire creatures you can still get plus two plus two. Yep. Sorry, plus one, plus one. It is a two-two. Uh, two mana lords. They make you relevant. Yeah, really, really good. <laughs> a a magic story. Yeah, I mean, look, we have vampires. There's one more. There's one more example as we go along here of why vampires is going to be a deck. Um, we I, again, it's it's funny that I feel like. What's nice about uh, 10 Minutes of Modern is that every single time we have, like, I feel like there's reference now when things happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a whole entire week that I was doing, like, a whole discussion about Two Mana Lords a couple months ago. Okay. Uh, and actually, all the stuff's out there is podcasts now, so you guys can go track it down. But, like, there was a whole bunch of, like, different discussions of, like, which tribes deserve it. Can we print Two Mana Lords outside of Merfolk? The example I always use that I remember is the one from Kithkin back in Lorwyn, the, mm-hmm. like, Wise and Sin. Or the like, Illusion one. Yeah, like, occasionally you get those. You get, like, the two mana, just, like, but it's only in the one tribe, and it's just the one card. It's, but, like, Vampires is already a thing. So when they decide to give us one of those in a, in a real tribe, it's a, it's a big, that's a big game. Yeah, I, I would, I would of the different things, I would say that Vampires are the thing that gained the most oomph from the last three years. Yeah, because it's true. I, I guess the black black one was from like last it's year. Shadows of Innerstrad. Yeah. yeah. So we've had like a lot of vampire stuff come out, and now it's maybe finally becoming relevant. Yep. Next, blue green. Speaking of two mana lords, Merfolk <laughs> Mistbinder, Merfolk Shaman, other Merfolk you control get plus one plus one. It is a two two. Uh, everything we just said, but for a tribe that was already good. And this was our preview. And card, we talked so. an entire episode about it. <laughs> yeah, you guys heard us talk about how bad blue green is in modern and. And how good, good this, this card, card is. is. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody play it yet. Nobody's like, I haven't been around anybody testing with it yet. But like, it's hard to imagine this not just. I think the only reason it doesn't see play is that Merfolk is just good enough already and it doesn't need it. And yeah, I can't I... imagine there not being. I, I think it's always just going to show up in people's builds because people are going to do the I'm so aggressive green blue deck that is only one drops and two drops and like maybe a couple three drops for protection needs. It's hard to imagine now, like. If you go up, like, if I'm building a deck, I have to think to myself, like, what am I going to do if I run up against, like, X, Y, or Z aggressive deck? And now Merfolk is so aggressive as as blue-green that Mm -hmm. it's, like, if you don't have, if you don't have, like, a really significant way to slow the game down or tons of removal, you just can't imagine winning against a blue-green Merfolk deck. It's Mm -hmm. impossible. They're Mm -hmm. just too big, too fast. I agree. Yeah, too low to the ground. Oathsworn Vampire. Black and colorless. Vampire Knight. It enters the battlefield tapped. You may cast it from your graveyard if you gained life this turn, 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Speaking card's... of cards that are good to discard, uh, this and Bloodgast. Yeah, totally. This card's sweet. Um, now, granted, it's you can cast it from your graveyard, so it's not like it enters. Like a Bloodgast enters off a of landfall trigger. 
that you have to pay two to get a tapped tutu. So the reason that's relevant to me personally yep. is because Vengevine is a card <laughs> and yes. casting things from your graveyard is actually like a very relevant text yep. box for that yep. card. Yep. So ex- excluding vampires, this also has relevance there because previously there, you, know, you needed Gravecrawler. How easy is it to gain life in a Vengevine deck? I don't know. I have to look that up. But that's something that is relevant, is being able to cast something from your graveyard with Vengevines in your graveyard is really good. Yeah. Um, Certainly. Okay. Uh, one red, one colorless. Talonalis. Hopefully I said that right. Summoner. Human Shaman. 1-1. One, one. Ascent. Uh, whenever uh, Talonalis Summoner attacks... <laughs> this is, I hope this card doesn't become good. <laughs> whenever it attacks, you may pay X red. If you do, create X11 red elemental creature tokens that are tapped and attacking at the beginning of your next end step. Exile those tokens unless you have the City's Blessing. So um, I had this card at my pre-release, and it was much more impressive in play than it was on paper. Uh, the fact that it turns on Ascend by itself... Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. The tokens turn Ascend on. So like... If you don't get the turn of send on, worst case scenario, you just are attacking with a bunch of 1-1s one that die, so it's like a little Bernie. But best case scenario is you get the attack in, they block this, but you get the keep for 1-1 one, one tokens. Um, I didn't think about that. That's actually really powerful. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a real thing. The fact so, that it turns it on is like a totally different version of this card. It it's took a, me it's a one playing one for with one? it. It's a 1-1 one, one for 2. That's like the issue. But you're not really you don't want to play it until turn five anyways. You want to like play it on turn five, keep counter magic open or whatever, and then on turn six attack and then make a bunch of tokens and then you get to keep the tokens. And they kill yeah, and they so if they kill it, it doesn't matter. You get a bunch of tokens out yeah. of it. Yeah. And like worst case you don't get to keep tokens for some reason. It's like fragile. It's definitely a one one for two that has no protection. Have, but the tokens have haste. Yeah. Well, they're they're yeah they attack the tone. It's not even like you play it, you attack with a one one, you get some tokens that then you have to wait till your next turn to even attack with. It's no, you get the damage in right then. And what kind of tokens are they? They're one one. I believe they are elemental creature tokens. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I wonder now if does this does that mean that this with young pyromancer and like an elementals driven deck where like all all of a sudden like like elemental token tribal is there a way to benefit those other than Master of Waves also makes them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that doesn't work right. <laughs> you need a bunch of blue uh, mana symbols. Uh, let me think about this. I've, I've, I've been interested in making an Elementals deck for a long time. Um, is there an Elemental Lord that's inexpensive? Uh, or is yes, there a, I believe there is. I believe there actually totally is. You, there's you, a two-mana Elemental Lord? Uh, you keep talking. I'm going to okay. find out. I, uh, I Admiral's Order, one blue, blue, instant raid. If you attacked with a creature this turn, you may pay blue and s- rather than play this spell's mana cost. Counter target spell. So uh, during it, this is cancel on your opponent's turn and the first half of your turn. But the second half of your turn, this is one mana counter spell. Wait, it's cancel on your opponent's turn in the first half of your turn, but if you've attacked, if, if they do it after you've declared attacks, then it's one mana mm-hmm. counterspell. So it protects your attackers, protects from tricks, protects from bolts. It protects you also, like, if you just want to go off on your second turn. So, for instance, in Storm, attack with Electromancer, then go off, and you now have one mana counterspells for the rest of the game. Yeah, I think it's horrible. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I, I, I've I, seen a lot of people. I, I don't know if I agree with you. There's a lot you can do in your second half of your main phase. And, like, it's a versatility thing. Cancel by itself is bad. Yep. But cancel plus a 25% of the time, it's the best counterspell ever. Not ever printed, but it's, like, 
better than Counterspell. I'm like totally, I'm like totally on board with this card being good. Like I want this card to be good. Yeah. I read it and got excited. And like remember when we do this, I I look at um, I look at these cards for Modern and I look at these cards for Highlander. Mm-hmm. So I consider them for both. And like I yeah, look- I feel like in your Merfolk deck, this is kind of sick. Yeah, I mean, kind of. The problem with this card is that if you're... In, in Highlander, it's a little better because it's just a one-of. So, like, your opponent's not going to play around it. In Modern, if you have this card in your hand and your opponent happens to know that you play this card for whatever reason, you just declare attacks and they just, like, make it so you can't attack. So, I, I think this is never going to be a format-defining card. So it could but I be... think this will blow people out. Imagine how many times you've, like, been a Coco player and just been, like go and then they attack you and you're like like with a one you know something that doesn't really matter and then you're just like a cocoa at the end of your turn but like don't you think that like for instance a lot of the decks that are worried about that would be like okay i'll just play my stubborn denial that i was already playing or i'll just play the spell pierce that i was already playing and your cocoa's there's a ton of decks that stubborn denial doesn't work well on or or spell pierce like I, i'm not saying this card is spell horrible. pierce isn't played that often like uh, uh, like these are cards that are cyborg cards like this is something you can play in your main deck it is decks, a hard counter. Like, so it's I'll a hard that. counter, yeah. and there are a ton of decks that play spells after you declare attackers to mess with you yeah. in the format right now. Like That's a big window of decks that this is good against. And I have no problem casting a three-mana counter spell on my opponent's turn just to straight-up counter a spell. The problem is that, I mean, that if is that's all it did, part, yeah. if, if it's all it did, then it's bad. But like the fact that it, sometimes it's just that card and sometimes that card is good. The yeah. point is, is it worth having in your deck? And it's not. But sometimes cancel is just a good card. Totally agree. And that's, I mean, that's the part of this that is far and away the, the best. It's the versatility part of it. It's the... Incandescent Soul Stoke. That's the cost card. Cost three, though. Yeah, it's a three-man three elemental lord. But I guess, like, you have two cards that make a ton of tokens. Yeah. And then you have that, and then you have just a bunch of good spells. Well, there's also, there's also like, stuff like Interflame Igniter. There's, like, a bunch of bad elementals that if you're trying to, like, find a way to make all of your, your team go turbo. Well, I feel there's, like there's, like, one-drop elemental creatures, too, that are just yeah, good. Yeah, there is. Okay. There's, there totally is. Alright, so, uh, ready for what probably is the best card in the set? And I, like, didn't read it all the way and thought it was the best card in the set, and then someone pointed out the first line of text on it, and then I now don't understand. Uh, Blood Sun... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Two colorless red enchantment. <laughs> you didn't uh, realize it drew a card. <laughs> uh, it is a main ability is all lands lose all abilities except mana abilities. And I thought that's all the card did. And I thought it was a card that was very good and yeah. was probably the best card in modern from this set. Then someone pointed out that when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. Yeah. So I, how would I learn? Oh, I learned this because someone was talking about it being in the Sahili deck. I did. That was you were as you, and I was like, I don't sure, but I don't know why it's relevant with Velidar Guardian. I don't know why that's good. And you're like, but you get to get it. I was like, yeah, but the you know you can't search, you can't fetch while it's in, like it happens immediately. And they're like, no, 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 no. It draws a card, and then yeah. my brain broke. <laughs> it, it, it's like that's probably one of the things when I read this card that like I don't think a lot of people probably were considering because like it just feels like a slightly different, maybe better, maybe worse version of Blood Moon. I've just been trying to figure out how do you make the Sahili. I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced the Sahili Ray Feldar Guardian deck in Modern is a thing. It just like hasn't broken through yet. This to me is one of the cards that I've seen printed so far that I'm like, all right. This is one more reason to be playing a four-mana spell that can blink a permanent, that's advantageous, that's disruptive to your opponent, that pushes this thing that should already be good mm-hmm. into insanely I, good. I, I really like the card on this deck now. It, it, no, no, like, it also costs... I, I was only hating on it at the time because I didn't know it said draw a card on the card. It also costs three, 
And if you are playing in the Saheli uh, Felder Guardian deck, you can totally do the Sun Titan version because we've talked about this before. That one Sun Titan with two Saheli's mm -hmm. wins the game. Yep. So playing one Sun, Sun Titan, Titan and getting this back if they got rid of it, totally fine. Like we can get two. I like Sun Titan. Yeah. Why not? Um, this card's also like the beyond that uh, insane and Tron decks. Like yep. people think this could get Tron banned because um, it just makes Tron even that much better. Uh. Shuts off Ghost Quarter. Shuts off that new one. The if desert. Tron plays this, thirty percent of the hate cards against them turn off. Yeah. It also can just wreck, like like because you can't fit. Like the the important thing for this is fetch lands don't work. Yep. Once this isn't down, your fetch lands no longer tap for mana. It's better than Blood Moon because in Blood Moon fetches are still colorless sources. This makes it so they do not work anymore. Yep. So like, there's a lot of strong plays there. There's a lot of just utility lands. Gavity Township. Ghost Quarter, so there's a bunch of stuff you turn on. Celestial Colony, they're just it's good against. And then all of the lands and affinity. Right. So like it does a lot of really powerful things. It turns off the I think it turns off the pay life effect on the haste giving land. Yeah. Oh no, and it, it turns off enter the battlefield tap abilities too. It has a little bit of a uh um Yeah, so it, it, it if a, a land would enter the battlefield tapped, it doesn't. Really? Uh-huh. Why? It's an act like bounce lands when they enter the battlefield. Don't enter tapped. What does it I say? Believe. Read it. Uh, all lands lose all abilities except mana abilities. Oh, wow. So activated or triggered. Uh-huh. Huh. Crazy. So, like, it does a lot of weird stuff there. Like, now, it, you know, the yeah. And so, like, with bounce lands, it's really good because they don't bounce back. They come into play untapped, and you have a 2-2. That's a good point. So, like, this card is very, very good. Interesting. Now you just mentioned two things in this podcast about bounce lands. With the creature. There's the another green. one. There's a creature here, too. The green explore thing. Uh-huh. Huh. Interesting. There's, no, right. there's also a creature that I think just lets you play an extra land every turn. Wow. It's a 5-5. Five, five. All right. Let's so keep there's, talking. There's a lot going on here. Let's keep talking. It's the longest uh, episode in history. <laughs> induce. That's why I was trying to not do too much of the beginning. Induce Amnesia. Two blue enchantment. When Induced amnesia, amnesia enters the battlefield, target player exiles all cards from his or hand face down, then draws that many cards. When it is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, return the exiled cards to the owner's hand. Uh, the last time a card that was printed like this was printed, uh, it was banned before the between the pre-release and the release of the set. <laughs> yep. Uh, now that was both players, and it was an artifact that just did this once you tapped it and sacked it, and then you got the cards back at the end of that turn, so it was better. That's Memory Jar. What's the name of this card again? Uh, induced Amnesia. Induced Amnesia. Uh, this can target a player, so this can... In many ways, just wipe a person out on their end. You can draw yourself. You can draw yourself a new hand, then get rid of this later to then get your original hand back. So it kind of has a draw seven capability to it. Just does a lot of things. I think this card is very powerful. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> it's it's a real card. Someone's gonna do something with it. Yep. Uh, it says draw seven cards on it, or draw that many cards. So it's yeah. not seven; it's that many, but it's still really good. It's probably like draw four usually. Yeah, maybe five. Uh, all right, next journey to eternity one. Black, green, legendary enchantment aura, enchant creature you control. When enchant creature dies, return it to the battlefield under your control and return this to the battlefield transformed. It is uh, tap to add mana of any color to your mana pool, but then also uh, black, green, three, tap, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, I've seen a bunch of people brewing Nick Vick decks that I trust in their capability to come up with decks that are sweet and good. And this is a, and it's with this card. You play this with a, uh, What's the green guy that you sack him? Sacred Tribe Elder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you just play Sacred Tribe Elder, play this on it, sack Sacred Tribe Elder, get it back, get this at black, sack Tribe Elder again. So that's a three-mana ramp spell. 
I do like this card. I mean, so I, you that puts you at five mana on turn three. Yeah. So, so untap turn four, get it back. Life's good. Yeah, I mean it's it's powerful and fast. I mean it's powerful and fast, and it definitely adds to any anything that you have that creates advantage by sacrificing it. That's a two drop. This is a thing. Or I, just an ETB. I mean, like yes, if they have a removal spell, you get wrecked, but that's true of a lot of things. Uh, yeah, but but it's better if you can like if you try to enchant a Sakura Tribelder and they counter or they try to kill it in response, you at you least get, get the, the land out of it. So true. that's why if you play it on something that you can sack in response, then it's like particularly good, which is probably why that's the card people are talking about, and yeah. because it's like super ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I mean, I think well, like I'd also play this no problem. Like, and this is kind of what I was thinking about doing it. You also play it with uh, uh, Insolent Neonite which yeah, is another right. card that does the same thing, because you then also get to discard the reanimator target that you want to discard, so like a Grave Titan or whatever, and then or a uh, Sun s- Titan. Yeah, I guess you get to six on turn four really easily. It's just yeah. this and a Tri-Builder. That seems powerful. Um, you can get to six on turn four a lot of ways in modern, though. Well, but th- this is also this adds a reanimator spell, so you get yeah. Grave Titans or Sun Titans back, and Sun Titan gets this back if you have one in your graveyard that was removed earlier in the game. Yeah, I mean... There's I, just I, powerful things it does. If, like the, uh, remember that card, Gift of Immortality? Yes. Um, like, I feel like that is like reminiscent of like what this does in some ways. I mean, obviously, but this is much more like just nuts and bolts. Like, gets it gets it done. Gift well, is really it slow. also it also does something where like gifts is just like my creature is protected and keeps coming back with ETB effects. This is like uh, that happens immediately. Plus, you get a land that can also reanimate targets in the future. So, like, you get mana fixing, you get a thing, you get ramp, you get a reanimated spell that's on a land that's hard to deal with, and you yeah. get the creature back. Like, it does a lot. For on sure. one card. Um, all right, next card. Uh, Kumana, Tyrant of Orazka. Never going to say any of these names right. Blue, green, colorless. Uh, tap another untapped Murphic you control, and it, uh, it can't be blocked. Tap three untapped Murphic you control, draw a card. Tap five untapped Murphic you control, put a plus one, plus one counter on each Murphic you control. It's a 2-4. Legendary creature, Murphic Shaman. I've heard this card's good. Like, people have been talking about it. Really? Like they've tested with it and it's just as powerful? I heard people talking about it at the shop. Um, okay. But not, I don't know if we're modern. I think it probably we're talking for standard. It feels like in standard. Standard, it seems insane. I think Merfolk is, in, is like an, a legit deck. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty tier one. I think tap three on tap Merfolk and control the draw card is decent, not in modern. The tap five on tap Merfolk, everything gets plus one, plus one is a interesting thing you can do because you could flash this in. After yeah. having to block and just everything's big and then swing for the win. The new the new green Merfolk create these one one hexproof tokens, which makes that achieving that a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, modern Merfolk doesn't do that. Sure. So getting to five, if you have five creatures, you probably don't want to be like winning anyways. It's a little win more. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't mind a tap three untap Merfolk. You control draw a card though. Sure. Right? Especially because like you can play this if you're if you're doing the fast version and like your opponents have like gu- I don't know gummed up the board early or something or mm-hmm. maybe you've like mulliganed into this or something, I could see playing this on turn three, tapping your board, drawing a card, like it, yeah, just your curse catchers in this, just to get just trying to get ahead a little bit, um, yeah, especially with it's just like with with a vial. Like, I'd rather just play the two drop that draws you a card. Yes, and I'd rather just uh, the unblockability isn't relevant and the lords are better. I think it's just in modern it, or in standard it's super important because like it doesn't have eight of each card that it needs. In standard or in modern, I think it's problematic. Well, there's also the other thing with this card that I think is really interesting, where you would go turn one vial, turn two two drop, turn three uh, flash in two drop uh, that does not have haste. Play this, tap all three of your creatures, draw a card. Sure. Um, that no, no, I think it's fine. It's just it's not like 
Yeah, it's not insane. I don't know if it's worth a card slot. Uh, Profane Procession, black, white, colorless, legendary enchantment, XL th- uh, for five mana, you can XL target creature. Then if there are three or more cards XL, you flip it, and then you can cast those, or you can put those creature cards from exile into the battlefield for free, uh, for four mana. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's like, bonk- apparently it's the best card in limited, period. What's the name of it? Uh... Profane Procession. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw somebody play this at the pre-release. Like, you just can't beat it. Uh, release the wind. One blue, one color, or two colorless. Instant. Exile target, non-land permanent. From as long as that card remains exiled, its owner may cast it without paying its mana cost. Yeah, I've talked a little bit about this card and, like, why it's silly. Um, it does... It's so weird that yeah. I can imagine it being good. Well, it's almost... <laughs> so it's like, okay, it's kind of a counterspell, because it kind of saves your guy, mm-hmm. right? Saves your guy, and then you can cast it. Uh, what I think is interesting about this card and like the place that I would imagine is there's a lot of like two creature combos that exist in modern that people don't play. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're playing those those creature combos with like relatively low CMCs, like two like a two drop and a two drop or a two drop and a three drop, if you play like a two drop creature that your opponent sees and they like don't just immediately kill it before you untap, this then gives you the ability to hold it open. So, like, for instance, if you were going to try to Peely Poly Grand Architect, mm-hmm. you, like, play your Peely Poly, and it's like, okay, kill this creature, because if you don't, then on my turn, I'm either going to play Architect and win, or I'm going to hold this open, so when you try to kill it, I'll counter your thing, and then later in the game, it just exists in exile, and I'll just cast it and win. Right, yeah. You, you, you can take a combo piece and stick it in a box for later, and it's, like, yeah. it's free. So, like... You know, in, in a Splinter Twin War, or not Splinter, but Kiki Jiki, another good example is, you know, uh, oh, I cast my Deceiver Exarch, and you're like, I kill it. And I'm like, well, I save it. And now when I cast Kiki Jiki, I don't have to cast a five and a three drop in the same turn or cast a three drop in the end turn and a five drop on my turn. I yeah. can just cast a five drop and then bring it in from exile. Because you play without playing mana cost, Correct, right? and it's for as long as it's exiled. The other thing is it's just a, a fine bounce spell. Like, yeah, it's like a bad bounce spell. It's fine, but it's like if I if if I'm playing this to do stuff on my end, but I'm like, oh, if I got rid of your Tarmogoyf and swung for four damage, I kill you. Yeah. Then you like weren't expecting this because you just wanted to block with your Tarmogoyf. I'm like, totally fine doing that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, to wayward Sabertooth ascend. Uh, you may play an additional land on each of your turns right, for three mana five five, five and you can't attack or block unless you have City's Blessing. Yeah. Um, it's a it's just the it it has it has the ability to play an additional land on each of your turns. Is what's relevant about it, the, yeah. and the and fact that sometimes it's a five-five is great. But and, and the fact that they, uh, well, it is a creature though. It's not like a god. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, yeah, they can't. Uh, but they can kill it. They, they just can they can't it. bolt it. They but can't. it's a five-five. Yeah, 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 yeah. The card's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, crafty cut purse flash when it enters the battlefield. Each token that would be created under an opponent's control this turn is created under your control instead. Uh, R.I.P. Splinter Twin Hate, but uh, <laughs> I just they, this just seems bad. Like I don't know, they, yeah. what, what are they just they just won't make tokens then, and they'll casting kill this it. against the Lingering Soul seems pretty great. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a four mana. Wh- how big is it? Two two. Four mana two two that like has flash steals though. two one ones. Yeah, then you could just count. Yeah, I think it's bad. <laughs> All right, moving on. Masterminds Acquisition Black Black Two. Choose one. Search your library for a card. Put it in your hand. So tutor or wish. Choose a card in, outside the game and put it in your hand. This is the trying to make Diabolic Tutor playable in modern card? Maybe. I mean, like the fact that you can wish or tutor seems like... Yeah, it's good. Kind of crazy. Uh, it's four mana sorcery, which is not good, so... Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, it's definitely, you know, it's the second wish in modern that I know of, really. Like yeah. a real wish. So it's something to think about. I mean, this is a lot more relevant than people are giving it credit for. This is... You can... You can 
uh, gold, uh, golden wish, golden wish, no, uh, glittering wish was already like a thing. Like mm-hmm. you can do that. That's like interesting. It mm-hmm. gets close to being and really good. And it only good. would find gold cards. So this yeah. finds any card. Like the being able to find any card out of your sideboard when you need it yeah. is very relevant. The fact that you can play like a silver bullet sideboard of 15 cards in a format as wide as modern in a color like black that's already playing disruption mm-hmm. means that like you could stack up on this in, in a main deck, play like three or four of them and just like have the answers to everything yeah you just you would die on turn you have to just make sure you don't die when you cast it a really good like a really good control player i feel like will break this card yeah this feels like it, it'll end yeah. up in i think it could do like stuff chapin will probably like break that card yeah or ta- uh 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 Lichy Tan. Yeah. uh revenous chupacabra we already kind of talked about this it's just it's just better necrotol necrotol was already a card that was probably on the fringe but because of the doom blade text it, it wasn't good enough um, or might not have been good enough. If getting rid of Doomblade text makes it good enough, this will do it. They don't really do like the the, the non-black stuff that much anymore. They so. don't like they don't like the color thing. They like picking other things. Like artifacts, they'll do probably still because that's like a different type of relevance. But specifically yeah. non-black, they don't love. Totally. Um, I, I think this card is too good to have been printed in standard. To be totally honest, I think this is make is like going to be really good there. Uh, Rekindling Phoenix. I think we could skip. I think it's going to be really good in standard, but flying 4-3 for 4. When it dies, you get a 0-1 at the beginning of your upkeep. Sacrifice that token. Get it back. Uh, it's a flying 4-3 for 4. Three, yeah, this is Rekindling Phoenix. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Phoenix uh, is like, I'm yet to be impressed by one. They keep pushing them, I think, because they want them to be good. Yeah. I want a good Phoenix. I love Phoenixes as a, as a like, conceptual magic creature, but as a... Standard as routinely a, gets, like the red deck will play like a, a phoenix in it like, like the two two for three chandras always like yeah. it's always but like the aside from that like phoenixes never break through in modern yeah one day yeah. this could be it i want like it's a, not it i want like a two mana phoenix baby phoenix yeah that'd be cool yeah i'd be down two one flyer for two that like just keeps coming back like a reassembling skeleton but yeah maybe you flying like flying two two maybe it's like like, <laughs> it's like, really like good, if it was a two one for two that like during your upkeep you could pay one red to put it into play uh, with haste and it dealt four damage to you when it came back or something i'd play that that'd be cool it's like really really like costly but so i'm surprised you haven't been freaking out about the next card this might be one of my favorite cards and i think it might be one of th- it's definitely one of my favorite cards in the set what uh is it? it's an uncommon Riverwise auger three blue merfolk wizard two two when rivers brain when it enters the battlefield draw three cards and put two cards from your hand on top of your library it's because it costs four yeah, it's but it's a repeatable. it's a straight up two two. It's like there's no you were trying to make brainstorm work on a weird three drop cumulative upkeep card that is like it was repeatable and it cost less mana to cast cumulative it. upkeep. Look, I'll pay three and then two the first turn that it's in play with the ability to reset. Then I'll rather play four because like. Four. four and it happens immediately. You also have to wait for the next turn for it to not be killed, and then you get a brainstorm effect. This happens. You put it into play. You then get to put a thing on top of your deck. Look, Survivor, specifically a miracle card. <laughs> Survivor of the Unseen. This is not. <laughs> yeah, you're right because it's much better. <laughs> All right, maybe let's move on. You can blink it. You can put miracles on top of your deck. This is the only brainstorm in modern. This is the only card in modern, only real card in modern that immediately lets you put a card from your hand on top of your deck. Unless you lightning graves on turn two, and then you turn three this, and then you get to brainstorm. No. <laughs> what is this? Draw two, put one, or draw three, put draw two? Draw put three, put two. This is draw three, put two. Yeah. On survivors, draw two, put one. Yeah. You can restoration angel this in play. You can venture this to get it back again. You can put terminus on top. You can put uh, the angel miracle card. You can put the red miracle card. This card's good. 
I know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe uh, like some sort of like eternal command, miracles, Aether Vial, yeah. bounce your own thing. Getting uh, Aether Vial to four sounds a little silly, but otherwise I'm all about it. It's good at four, though, because you get Restoration Angel and this on an Aether Vial. I don't know why you need I guess free Restoration Angel is really good. It seems good. Yeah. All right, fine. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, all right, next card on the list. What do you got? Uh, do, 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 sorry, lost it. Phone closed. Uh, Storm of the Vault or Storm the Vault. Two red, blue, uh, legendary enchantment. One, one or more of your creatures does damage to a player. Put a colorless treasure token into play at the beginning of your end step. If you control five or more artifacts, turn Storm Storm of the Vault. One thing that makes this less good than I thought it was when I originally saw it was that when it does damage, it's one or more creatures, so it is no longer. You don't get a, a token for every damage you do? Correct. Like every, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it, I, I think there's two ways to look at this card. One of them is that how fast can you ramp this thing into play? Like, how quickly can you pay, you know, can sure. you play like a Signet sure. or a Talisman? Like, and that in that case, like, can, can you flip this thing the turn you play it early? Mm-hmm. Um, if the answer is yes, then you're probably playing a lot of cheap artifacts, which makes, makes this not as good. Like, you'd have to have some reason to pl- have that much mana. And, like, the aggressive decks generally don't want this. That's why I don't think this is good in Infinity. More in, like, a Tesserator list where you can use that mana to then go really big on, A, casting a Tesserate five mana to start tutoring cards or paying for um, uh, Mentor of the Meat or sort of the meek combo so you get you know that that combo going a lot of mana is really good there you can use it to play stuff like uh what's the five mana you get sack artifacts to tutor a card into play um the cold of forge master yeah, Kadotha forge master this is good with not only is it good there but it also is kind of a backup one so if you're going on the Kadothu forge master plan and you're trying to cheat in something like a blightsteel colossus this could just maybe cast the blightsteel colossus if it goes later or you have one in your hand so you can kind of you have two different options there so it gives you options in that deck which is really important um i mean that deck's already blue white red anyways because you want to play the thopter generating red guy that gives it haste i also don't hate this card with uh walking ballista it seems quite good yeah it's really good with walking ballista <laughs> like i I can see, I can see like a situation where you just like play or hangerback walker. Well, yeah, but walker, you just tap to put one counter on. Right? Well, but it's XX to cast it. So you no, no, I just meant, but ballista is on the battlefield as one of the artifacts oh, to trigger sure. this thing. Yes, and then yes, when you have a billion good. mana, now all of a sudden, your yeah, yeah, yeah. ballista is like really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that plus the sword of the meek stuff, that's pretty clever. I yeah. think that's pretty good. Yeah, um, I think there's a deck here. I don't know how, how tier one it is, but I think it's definitely a tier three easy and tier two possibly. Yeah, I think that's fine, you know. I also having having a thing that lets you have a backup plan to an already classically powerful strategy. Like like the Kadothu Forge Matter strategy is a thing. It's just there's only one card in the deck that worked, so it was like kind of, you yeah. know, glass canity and you had to get to it, so that's a problem. Here you have two different options now, which is always something that's interesting. We talked about it before. Yeah, that's you know, interesting. We, when you have double of an effect or at least something that can play in the same space as an effect, you are becoming more consistent. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and this gets, you know, that's Blightsteel Colossus land. Um, oh, World Shaper. Uh, three and a green. Uh, when it enters the battle, when it dies, you may put all land cards from your graveyard onto the battlefield and... Uh, when it attacks, you may put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Now, the first ability is obviously good. There are other creatures in Modern that have that ability that see play. Uh, and this is better than those, theoretically, because it just has to attack. It doesn't have to do damage. A Grim Flare. Um, so just getting weird stuff like Lingering Souls in your graveyard is good. But more importantly, this is the, as, as I just mentioned, we now have two effects in Modern that are four mana in green that put all lands into your graveyard into play. And to get the trigger of all the graveyard, the lands into, the, into play, what do you have to do? You sack it? has it? to die. But you can't sack it. Uh, you have to find a different way to sack it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. I mean, 
Yeah, there's like some pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a merfolk shaman. Yeah, like that's you're probably looking at like a big mana strategy, not like a landfall strategy, probably because if you were looking for a landfall strategy, you just play scape shift. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I mean, this is a four mana three three. So it, like with scape shift, it's just a, a spell you're casting. If you're trying to go landfall, this like comes into play and is just aggressive. Uh, or not aggressive, aggressive, but it, like it can attack. And it's so a four three top end four mana four it's three like four mana three three. Three three, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um. What else? Brass's bounty: six red sorcery for each land you control. Create a treasure token. (laughs) The relevance here is that it's a free spell. Theoretically, if you cast it straight up, it's free. It costs seven. Like, yeah. I mean, so what are you gonna do? You're gonna create seven artifacts and then be like mirror enforcer for free. No, I feel like (laughs) I feel like the play here is more like. Using the mana in a storm-like situation, like Dragon Storm, where you're getting up to that level and you just need another cantrip that's really big, or if you have some reason that you need just an exorbitant amount of artifacts, like it, it, th- it creates two things. It creates Lotus Petals, and it creates a lot of them. And Lotus Petal is classically a broken card, and cards that need you to have a lot of artifacts in play are broken. <laughs> Lotus Petal is a broken card because it's free. It costs zero. Right, <laughs> but this creates seven Lotus Petals. Yeah, I mean... And if you cast it for its regular mana find with me, lands, find it actually me, it costs zero. Find me a spell in Modern that is cost for seven man- cast for seven mana that has been impactful. Uh, Treasure Cruise. It's not cast for seven mana. Yeah, it is. It's cost for one. Well, but you dredge... The, the delving is casting. That's, no. That's worth no, the mana. That's not true. <laughs> I, I, there, there are spells. I mean, like, the seven mana, there's a few. Dragonstorm? Like, the card Dragonstorm? That's not cast in Modern. People like play that. That's like, that's like a tier... That's it's like a scene play in Modern. It's like a tier 13. <laughs> All right, moving deck. on. Zetalpa, Primal Dawn. Six white, white, legendary creature, elder, dinosaur, flying, double strike, vigilance, trample, indestructible, 4-8. Uh, the key here is uh, not Grim Flare, uh, Soul Flare. Is it Soul Flare? It's Soul Flare. Uh, Soul Flare is a card. It's black, black, four, uh, or five. Uh, you delve, and black, black, every, every creature you delve, uh, it gains the uh, keyword abilities of that creature. So stuff like a Chroma, this, you know, there's just a bunch of different creatures, and when people brew those decks, the more keywords are on a card, the better, and this has a lot of keywords on it. Yeah, I mean, Soul Flare is sweet. I've always thought that card was kind of underrated. Like, And this is like, to- like, normally those decks are also like playing a semi-reanimator plan, so you like play Unbarrowite, Soul Flare, and, and Faithless Looting, and this is a great thing to do that with. Soul Flare is like pretty underrated. The card's a 4, f- it's before 4 for 2, basically, that yeah. you get like, it's an insane 4-4 four, mm-hmm. four for 2. It can be a double-striking, vigilance, trample, flying, indestructible creature, yeah. just by delving this guy. Yeah, I mean, if you have, if you do that, and you have lifelink as one of the abilities, uh, then you don't lose to burn. It's like almost impossible. And then now the last card in the set we're going to talk about today before we end the podcast, Galta Primal Hunger. Wait, because isn't isn't just really quickly before we move on. Soul Flare. Yeah, doesn't that mean that like it's basically like between uh, Thought Scour, between Thought Scour and Faithless Looting, you just get like a super insane sick 4-4 on turn two every game? Yeah. As long as you draw it. Yeah, if you go with the... So I, I generally, I've seen Mardu lists that have been better. And yeah. you play Faithless Looting and Neonite and uh, Cathartic Reunion. Interesting. So it's on turn three you get it, but yeah. you get, you're playing the Reanimator plan too. It makes it so your deck isn't just Soul Flares. It's, Got it. I'm either going to Soul Flare you or I'm Baylor writes Elishnorn in the play. And so you have Soul like... Soul Flare two, seems really or good. Or Grizzlebrand still... Because Grizzlebrand's good too because it's Flying and Lifelink and Trample. Yeah. Not Trample. Flying and Lifelink. Yeah, that's a good point. Um... So yeah, uh, Galta Primal Hunger, last card, 10, ma- 12 mana for a 12-12. That's it. Nothing else. No, I mean, uh, it's an Elder Dinosaur. It, it's legendary. 
and it costs X less to cast, where X is the total power of creatures you control and has trample. Yeah. Uh, so it's a two mana 12-12 trample. This, I've seen this card. People have brewed this card in the like stompy green lists where you like are playing, you know, experiment one and the th- four, five, or three, and all those mm-hmm. cards, and then like pump spells. You know, like the um, aspect of Hydra is that what that's card, mm-hmm. and uh, you can get this on like turn three, like pretty easily. It's not yeah. super hard to get yeah. like a twelve, twelve on turn three, which is really good. It's mm-hmm. more turn four is more likely, like it's more common. I think you like are guaranteed on turn four, but on turn three you play. Uh, uh, experiment one and turn two you play anything that's beefy and then turn three you play the pump spell on this uh yeah you like need to play like exactly you need to play like a good one drop a powerful two drop uh a pump spell on your one or mm-hmm. your two on turn three and then like get up to having the two you need to generate yeah. you need to be able to generate 10 power so okay. like so like a uh what would it be like a aspect or like a might of old crosa type of effect like plus four plus four plus well, five but there's, plus there's five. like three three for two green for sure yeah, yeah you those, get, so oh, you, for sure so, so you have you have you can get to yeah you're looking at like five power like you have an experiment one and then a bigger creature so it's like you get up to about five power and then and you then, pump spell so you get to eight so and then three mana that no, you need one more. You need one more pip somewhere. There's like, I think, I, I know there's a way to do it. We're just okay. like not thinking of it. Okay. Um, it's also, you can go like one drop, one drop, one drop. And oh, then like yeah. pump spell golf. So like people are, sure. people are doing it. It's like a thing I've seen. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. I like it. I'm into it. Uh, and that's it. That's it for the set. Those yeah. are all the cards I think might be modern relevant. There's like random other vampire stuff that might be relevant because vampires are a thing. And Yeah. I've also seen, by the way, on the Galta deck, like one of the listeners of 10 Minutes of Modern called in and like posted this whole idea about playing like um, basically the really cheap, the super, super cheap uh, pieces of, of the vehicles. The like consulate dreadnought or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like all the three power one ones. So like Nicodle and Toolcraft Exemplar, sure. and like basically just finding the most like crazy combo rific way to get this thing into play on mm-hmm. turn three. And I thought it was pretty sick. There was like, yeah. some really cool stuff about it. There's there was a really weird list that was pretty clever. Oh, Slumbering Dragon was another one of the ones that was played because oh, it's sweet. like I think I think Slumbering Dragon like comes into play as like a what is it a five five or a six six three three or five five for one. It has five it counters four, on four. It, I think. I think it's a six-six for one. Okay. No, it's not a six-six. I can't remember. Oh, oh, it's a three-three with like with like three counters on it, maybe, maybe or five counters. It's, yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty sick. But like for for sheer power, Slumbering Dragon comes into play with it has five. Yeah, I thought it was five. I, I didn't I didn't think it was six. six oh is, no, no, it doesn't come in. That's right. It's a three-three for one that gets and it bigger. Gets bigger. But on turn two, it's a four-four for one. Yes. But it can't attack or block. Actually, you are playing. More. You have to get attacked. Yeah, it's kind of bad. Interesting. I've always wanted to make that card work. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Uh, yeah. So that's that's all I got today. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got. Also, Sweet. Um, uh, any shout outs? Uh, make sure to go to thinkgeek.com to buy Super Party Battle. It is the game that we made. It's like magic, but you're on a college campus throwing the best party. There's cool, wacky games. It's really fun. Uh, People have played it, and they have reviewed it, and they like it. Uh, we got uh, the Patreon, as Ben mentioned at the beginning of the episode. It's really important. If you can donate to that, we really appreciate it. It makes this podcast happen. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at the MMCast. I'm at Kess Wiley. Yeah, I'm Ben Bateman Media. We have an Instagram. Check that stuff out. We oh, post yeah. pictures there once in a while. We got a, uh, a Facebook group. It's literally the best the best thing. There's 5,000 people there. It's crazy. To brew. People like it. It's crazy. It's growing at rapid speeds. We can't control it. Uh, and make sure to check out uh, on Anchor, 10 Minutes of Modern. Yeah, 10 Minutes of Modern. You can every day. Every ten, th- 10 minutes. Of content about modern every day, and you yeah. guys can call it's in like, and share your thoughts, and then I can uh, I can respond to them. And Alex guests on the show sometimes. Yeah, it's like 14... 14- 
mini episodes of the podcast. There's a lot of yes. So you exactly. get you get double podcast. Double podcast. Because it's 70 minutes there, and then there's to this week there has been 75 minutes of episode this week. So that's this 145 a, minutes of me and Ben talking about modern. This was a long episode, but thanks for listening, guys. Really, we, they're always long. We appreciate it. Yep. So. Thanks, guys. Talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.